Jeffrey Epstein's legacy to live on in Ukraine, a Nazi is celebrated in Canada, and the GOP debate field narrows. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Top story, Jeffrey Epstein's legacy to live on as the Clinton Global Initiative is back to do its part for Ukraine. I say Jeffrey Epstein's legacy because Jeffrey Epstein was part of the original group that conceived of the Clinton Global Initiative. This according to court documents from 2007. I think it's always important to remember when the Clinton Global Initiative is in the news that in 2007, Epstein's lawyers got him that sweetheart deal everyone talks about by writing a plea negotiation letter explaining to the court how great of a guy Epstein was, bragging about his work with a trilateral commission, the Rockefeller Foundation, his friendship with Bill Clinton, and of course how he was part of the original group that conceived of the Clinton Global Initiative. You can see here on screen the document, part of the court document on in a Fox News article from 2017 or 16, I believe, 2016, and it says... Mr. Epstein was part of the original group that conceived of the Clinton Global Initiative, which is described as a project bringing together a community of global leaders to devise and implement innovative solutions to some of the world's most pressing challenges. Focus of this initiative include poverty, climate change, global health, and religious and ethnic conflicts. This is also reported on in ABC News in February of 2016. It briefly lists, and Epstein, when he first faced prosecution a few years later, one of his lawyers, uh, Gerald B. Lefcourt, I'm sure I said that wrong, wrote to prosecutors to tout Epstein's pedigree as part of the original group that conceived of the Clinton Global Initiative in a letter attached in a court filing. So I actually showed this court document in a video on YouTube in 2015 because I talked to the lawyer of some of the victims who pointed me towards the document and all the links are dead now and you weren't allowed to talk about it back then but mainstream finally did start talking about it back in 2016. In fact, I did a search, a controlled search for Clinton Global Initiative, Jeffrey Epstein and plea negotiation letter and the only two results that show up when you put quotes around those three separate phrases are the podcast that I did, episode 10 of the Propaganda Report. So... That's when I first covered that. I believe that was actually 2016. The video I made was before that. Anyway, the Clintons have never denied this. Of course, what they say in the reporting on it is that Jeffrey Epstein's name is not on the website as a founder for the Clinton Global Initiative. Of course it's not. Who would put Jeffrey Epstein's name on their group webpage as a founder of their group? Nobody would do that. Okay, the Clintons have never denied it. That's the key thing to remember. Do you think they would accept a plea negotiation letter as an official court filing to take into consideration when determining what his sweetheart deal is going to be. If no one checked the references, are you kidding me? Can anyone just say, give me a plea deal because I know Bill Clinton and I started one of his foundations with him and the court just goes, okay, no need to check this out. Give him the deal. I don't think that's how it works. This image behind me, by the way, This is a mid-journey AI image. I asked it to imagine Bill Clinton hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, and it produced this image of Bill Clinton with his arm around a slightly more effeminate Bill Clinton. 
Midjourney AI seems to believe that Bill Clinton is Jeffrey Epstein. I don't think that I buy that, but hey, AI is so smart and we give it so much credit. So maybe I simply haven't gone deep enough down the rabbit hole here. Anyway, when you see the Clinton Global Initiative in the news, Jeffrey Epstein helped create it. And you see all those actors and public figures standing behind Hillary Clinton celebrating the work that they're about to do together for Ukraine. I believe Justin Timberlake was even one of them. I didn't, rec- or I didn't know the names of the other actors and public figures. I, just, I recognize their faces, though. Maybe they should know a little bit about the history of this organization. Maybe they do and they don't care. Maybe they know they can get rich off of being a part of one of this program, which is why they're doing it. Or maybe they're just dumb to it. Speaking of that history, what we know about the Clinton Global Initiative is that it helped enrich a bunch of the Clinton's elitist friends while at the same time screwing over a bunch of Haitians that they had promised to help in a similar program in the aftermath of, I believe it was uh, 2010 earthquakes over there, and that some workers who were able to get jobs in this factory in Haiti that the Clinton Global Initiative helped build were subjected to bullying and sexual harassment with some factory workers, and this is all according to ABC News, reporting that they had to provide sexual favors to supervisors in order to obtain jobs in that factory. Maybe Epstein was one of the supervisors. That would explain a lot of that there. There's a lot written about what happened in this disaster in Haiti. It's well documented, and all of those problems that stemmed From the Clinton Global Initiative, they were caused by what was called the CGI's Haiti Action Network. You see that Haiti Action Network on screen there? Well, look out, Ukraine. You're next because they have now launched the Clinton Global Initiative Ukraine Action Network with part of that commitment being the Clinton Global Initiative for Commitment to Action supporting Ukrainian refugees, or as Bill Clinton likely thinks about it, a commitment to action with Ukrainian refugees, as I'm guessing the female refugees from Ukraine are more to his liking than were the Haitian women refugees from back over there in Haiti. So look out, Ukrainian women, along with procuring beautiful refugees for the Clintons and their donors, allegedly. The Ukrainian Action Network is committed to sustaining deliberate international focus on Ukraine as though there's already not enough deliberate international focus by all of the media and everyone in politics on Ukraine. We need a little bit more. Thank you. The program is also going to bring more money or more monetary commitments to Ukraine, thank goodness, including gender equality and continue support for the people of Ukraine. You think that's what the people uh, uh, in Ukraine are really worried about right now? Everybody they know, every male between the age of 15 and 30 in this war-torn nation has died. But all they can think about is, we need some more gender equality in this country right now. I told you the other day when Zelensky met with BlackRock head Larry Fink, and they talked about attracting private money to Ukraine's build back, that what we're going to see in Ukraine is they're going to build the infrastructure back from the ground up with the foundation being ESG-like programs, diversity, equity, and inclusion built into the infrastructure of Ukraine's Build Back. That's what we're going to see. They don't have to force it into already established programs and businesses and institutions. They can just start with those DEI programs. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the aftermath of the war with that. That's definitely what's going to go on. 
It already is with some of these smart programs are implementing over there, like that DIA app where they have the state app, the state, every, everybody's information is in one app, which Ukraine committed to be to being the first totally e-digital government back in like 2019. I mean, they're a test pilot for this whole thing. That's why they're destroying the infrastructure. They're glad the infrastructure is destroyed. The U.S. aid is Samantha Power. She celebrated how the silver lining is that they never would have been able to implement all these programs like DIA had the infrastructure not just been totally demolished and people felt like they needed to get on this app. It's all building back this little pilot program that the U.S. is heading up and NATO so they can try and then export whatever it is the aftermath is to other countries. Going to be a bit of a conflict with those neo-Nazis who've been fighting the war for them who are then going to be living in a country implementing DEI from the ground up. We'll see what happens there. Long story short, the takeaway, for me anyway, is that this is Jeffrey Epstein's legacy playing out it will be felt in Ukraine. It won't want to be felt, but it's going to damn sure be felt if they want to get jobs in those factories. I'm guessing. I'm just guessing, okay? Speaking of Nazis, and you can't make this stuff up, here's a headline from Politico. Nazi-linked veteran received ovation during Zelensky's Canada visit. That's an interesting way to put it, Politico. A Nazi-linked veteran? How about just a Nazi, okay? This guy is a 98-year-old man who served in a Nazi SS unit, making him a Nazi. Not Nazi-linked. The guy is a Nazi. Here's another headline similar to that one. Trudeau calls praise for Nazi-linked veteran deeply embarrassing. He's not Nazi-linked. He's just a Nazi. But yeah, of course... Anybody who is on the right wing or questions war, they're the Nazi, not the actual, literal Nazi. Here's a headline that's a little bit more in line from The Independent. Canadian Parliament accidentally honors Nazi with Zelensky and Trudeau applauding. Speaker Anthony Rhoda has apologized for calling Nazi SS soldier a Ukrainian hero. <laughs> They call it an accident. Maybe some people, for them, it was an accident. I don't know that I buy it was for all of them. Here is the story. Canadians' House of Commons gave a rousing standing ovation to a Ukrainian veteran who fought in the Second World War, unaware he had served in a Nazi SS unit. As I said, I don't believe they were all unaware. Some of them probably were. Yaroslav Hunka. Hunka. He, he's a Nazi hunka. Stood and appeared to salute. He stood and appeared to salute from the public gallery when he was recognized by House Speaker Anthony Rhoda, who introduced Hunka as a Canadian-Ukrainian war hero from his political district. He said, we have here in the chamber today a Ukrainian-Canadian veteran from the Second World War who fought for the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. And then after he said that, that was followed by a lengthy round of applause and a wave by Zelensky. He's a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Thank you. 
It's interesting because the thing that should have tipped all of them off that he was a Nazi, which is that he fought against Russia during World War II, is the very thing that actually triggered them into blind obedience of, of giving a rounding ovation to a freaking Nazi because they've been bitten by that Russia is evil propaganda so badly that their brain doesn't work anymore. And now they'll just stand and applaud any old Nazi who once killed a Russian. doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I mean, how brainwashed do you have to be? This is a perfect example of why most people who think that they would not have become a Nazi would have absolutely been like the first Nazi if they lived in Germany back then. Everyone thinks that that would not have happened to them, especially everybody in this room here. They think that they would have been too smart or too strong-willed to become a Nazi had they lived in World War II Germany. Yet here they are, a couple hundred of them, who aren't even strong enough not to give a standing ovation to a Nazi in 2023 Canada. But they thought they, they, they would have been able to resist it had they lived in Germany in the 1940s. Give me a break. They would have been the first in line to condemn the Jews. And I'm talking about the ones who, who are dumb to it. And not everybody in this room is dumb to it. Right? I'm sure there's like a few in there who are like, hell yeah, a Nazi, my kind of guy, like blackface Trudeau and Zelensky who apparently gave the guy the, you know, a, a, yeah, a, a fist up in the air celebration. I mean, these people know exactly what they're doing, in my opinion. It's crazy. I mean, it's hilarious, but it's also crazy. In a statement late Sunday afternoon, House Speaker Anthony Rhoda said, he recently became aware of more information, which causes me to regret my decision. So has this guy been, like, admiring this dude from his hometown, this Nazi from his hometown, you're telling me, and he knew nothing about him? He's that stupid. He regrets his decision to recognize Hunka, and he says he takes full responsibility. Of course, they act like it's only his responsibility, as though they didn't do any vetting of this guy. You know, the guy just happened to be there, right? He says, I wish to make clear that no one, including my fellow parliamentarians and the Ukraine delega delegation, was aware of my intention or of my remarks before I delivered them. This initiative was entirely my own, the individual in question, being from my, being from my writing and having been brought to my attention. So how did he get there? How did he get in the room and get in the seat then? That's what I'm talking about. Was he just, he just happened to be there and you, oh, there he is. There's the guy. He just shows up. This was a, a, an organized situation here. The shocking news landed the same day. The prime minister made a statement marking the Jewish holiday of Yom Kippur. <laughs> it happened on Yom Kippur. Following the address, Mr. Zelensky, who is Jewish and lost family members during the Holocaust, raised his fist in acknowledgement as the veterans saluted. I wonder if he hiled Hitler. That, that would be hilarious if he did. Hunka's Nazi unit are accused of killing Polish and Jewish civilians. And there's Zelensky giving him the salute. The Friends of Simon Center said that Mr. Rhoda's remarks ignore the horrific fact that Hunka served in the 14th Division of the SS, I don't know how to pronounce that, a Nazi military unit whose crimes against humanity during the Holocaust are well documented. Hunka's unit also declared allegiance to Adolf Hitler, <laughs> and they endorsed the idea of ethnic cleansing. They, the guy declared allegiance to Adolf Hitler, and his group endorsed ethnic cleansing, and he's getting a standing ovation from Vladimir Zelensky. In Trudeau, it's just an accident. Can you imagine if somebody on the right made this kind of accident? They would never live it down. Nobody would believe it was an accident at all. But yet they will brush this away and they'll hardly ever talk about it again. Since his invasion, 
in February 2022, Russian President Vladimir Putin has repeatedly made unsubstantiated claims that Ukraine harbors neo-Nazis. What about this? What about Zelensky giving a, a rousing standing ovation and a fist thrust to a Nazi who pledged allegiance to Adolf Hitler and endorsed ethnic cleansing, does that, does that substantiate any of his, his, his claims? Or it's still just, just an accident to so know, it's still just Russian propaganda to say something like that. Of course, how stupid am I? Mr. Zelensky, who visited Ottawa to thank Canada for its support, in the war against Russia, has not commented on the episode. Of course not. Of course he hasn't commented on the episode. (laughs) This is the greatest story. Let's watch the actual video here. This is going to be great. I can't can't wait to watch this. We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian-Canadians, Ukrainian-Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. Look at that. Everybody, they're waving at him. Everybody in that room is standing right now. There he is. So he's... Did you see He just wiped his brow... Like to say, thank God. You know what? I bet up until that moment, this guy thought they were going to bring him down to Parliament and they were going to try him and, and convict him to death. Because that's what they usually do with these guys. Don't they usually bring them in and they still punish them for war crimes? That looks like a guy who up until that moment thought that that's what was going on. Look at this. He's like, holy smokes. I thought I was going to die today. Look, thank God. Like I survived. There he is, giving a thumbs up. This is a long ovation, too. It's like a- His name is Yaroslav Hunka. And uh, I was going to say he's in the gallery, but I think you beat me to that. <laughs> but I'm very proud to say that he is from North Bay and from my riding of Nipissing to Miskaming. Okay, so if everybody knew who, who he was and where he was before this guy points him out, then how is it only this guy's sole responsibility? Exactly. It's not. Everybody knew who he was before he got there. This was a prearranged thing. You don't just show up. You have to be vetted. I can't just go show up to the State of the Union speech and decide I want to be the special guest who sits in that prime seat up on the balcony. There's a lot of people involved. He's a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Thank you. Here they go. Oh, let's see if they do it again. Oh, yeah, nope, they're doing it again. It's a second standing ovation. I mean, the guy fought. He's old. Fought for the Nazis. Look at that. Everyone there. And here is an image. Well, that's the wrong image there. I was going to show you that later. Where's that image of... There he is. There's the image of Zelensky and Trudeau. There's the fist Zelensky's given him right there. He's like, yeah, we did it together. You hear 
He still celebrates you. I mean, this is crazy. Did I, I bet? Can you imagine like that phone call that, that this guy got? I, I can't believe he still answers his phone because he's probably been afraid that he's going to be rounded up in, and put on trial and executed for most of his life. I did read that Canada is lenient. They've been criticized for their leniency on Nazis. I think maybe that's why some of them go there. And I, I just want to know how. Did somebody go knock on his door? Was there a phone call? And they said, hey, Mr. Honka, we'd like for you to come down to the House of Commons so the prime minister and Vladimir Zelensky can honor you. And like I said, he probably thought it was a trick. The guy was probably packing his bags as fast as a 98-year-old man can, got, bought a, a train ticket, and was on his way out the door when the car pulled up and they threw him in the back seat. And he, he thought, oh, no, this, this is it. And that's why you see him with his head down most of the ceremony here. And probably, like I said, that's why he wipes his head. Because, whoo, what, what, a, what a shock it must have been for him that moment. He realized he was being honored and not about to be condemned to death. Unbelievable day, swing of emotions for that Nazi there. And he's still supporting Ukraine today. They say they need people on the front lines, right? Do they not? Let's get him inside of an Abrams tank. As you can see on screen here, there's one of the first Abrams tanks to arrive in Ukraine. It's actually a tank that has Stacey Abrams' body on top, giant, massive Stacey Abrams on, on top of it. Thank you to Union of the Unknowns for sharing this with me. I, I, I greatly appreciate this Abrams tank arriving. And I would like to see this Nazi inside of that right there. because I think that he would know exactly what to do with a Stacey Abrams tank in Ukraine. Okay, so... We literally give weapons to Nazis. And if you say that, you're accused of being a Nazi. So does this change that? No, absolutely not. Even bringing this story up, you're probably accused of being a Nazi by bringing up the fact that Zelensky celebrated a literal Nazi. So that's the way the media works today. This is one of the most hilarious. What top story of the year right there? I give this top 10 story, maybe top five story of the year. All right, before we get to the final story of the day, which is going to be about the GOP debate field narrowing, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the Drive Time News Blast XR, the subscriber-only portion of the show, which is which generation trusts AI more and which state's colleges leads the nation with the most DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, faculty. I'll let you think about that one, and we'll talk about which one it is. In the XR, the DMB XR is the subscriber-only portion of the show. If you want to get access to that, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. That is how I support the show. Is how I support myself. What you will get along with the Drive Time News Blast XR, the subscriber-only content, is you will get this show, the DNB ad-free. I take out all of the ads for subscribers, and I put it together with the subscriber-only content, and it goes into your own private RSS feed that you can take from Patreon and put into any podcast player app that you listen to. And when I upload the Patreon content, you will get the entire show DMB, DMB XR, no ads, right into your podcast player. That's patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. Other ways you can help out the show is you can go to wherever you listen to iTunes or wherever and leave a five-star review and a comment that warms my heart. It truly does help me stay motivated. You can also make individual donations at paypal.me slash Brad Binkley. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Brad Binkley. Rumble, rumble.com slash The Prop Report. On Twitter at Freedom Act Radio. And my website is propagandafight.com. All right. 
on to the final story of the day. Let's see here. Let's get this up on screen. The RNC announces seven candidates have met the criteria for the second Republican debate. That's right. We have seven qualified now for the Wednesday night debate. Making the cut this time are Ron DeSantis, Vivek, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Tim, I promise I have a girlfriend, Scott, Chris, nobody likes me, Christy, and Doug, nobody's heard of me, Burgum. America's Asa Hutchinson was the only one who, from the first debate, who failed to meet the party's polling threshold. He said in a statement, I understand the RNC and the media are trying to reduce the number of candidates, but I measure success based on the response I receive in early primary states like Iowa and New Hampshire. My goal was to increase my polling numbers to 4% in an early state before Thanksgiving. If that goal is met, then I remain competitive and in contention for either caucus day or primary day. Keep telling yourself that, America's ass of Hutchinson. You don't have a chance, but you will be making a lot of money and cashing in off of all of this facade like everyone else is. They'll go on speaking tours when this is a Trump's going to win the nomination. Okay, let's say literally put him in prison and they change the Constitution where, where he can't run. Then Trump's going to win because okay, it's, it's over. But all of these dudes will still make money with their speaking tours. They'll write books. They'll be pundits on, on networks. Running for office is a lucrative endeavor. That's for sure. If nothing else happens at that debate tomorrow, I just hope the moderators can please, please put Tim Scott on the spot and force him to produce that girlfriend he's been promising us all that he has okay all of the networks are concerned about it they've all been asking him we need to see her live on stage tomorrow if you don't know what i'm talking about here's a clip of brian kilmaid asking tim scott about his single status headline you might have caught your attention. GOP donors are privately pushing to Senator Tim Scott to give more details about his private life, your single status. So you must have heard this and you got to be attuned without donations, without support. You can't run. What is your status? Well, obviously, uh, at this point, I'm taken. I have a wonderful girlfriend, and uh, we have a wonderful relationship. The good news is uh, God has blessed me with a smart Christian woman. That, that's great news. But more importantly is why are, are the headlines there? The headlines are there because as I rise in the polls, as people show up at my, my town halls, it's scary. Obviously, he's taken. Here's even my opponents. Uh, everybody wants to find a way to win this race. I'm going to focus on having that optimistic, positive message delivered with a backbone and staying focused right. on the American people who say they like me a lot, and I want to make sure that they have a chance to make me their president. We, we met your mom when we meet her? We meet your girlfriend? You will, of course, at some point. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, at Lastly, some point. on education, probably uh, arguably. Look at that. Look at that. Look at this. Yeah, right. You will, of course, at some point. Okay. Of course. Great. Of course will. Lastly, on education, probably, uh, arguably. Is now he's going to have to hire a girlfriend. They're going to bring her in. If he does have a girlfriend, she does not want to be in the public based on the way he answered. Or he doesn't have a girlfriend. So they're going to they're gonna have to make a fake girlfriend. That's okay. They do that all the time. Is this his actual YouTube page? I am Tim Scott. I'm living. I think this is his actual YouTube page. That's crazy. Tim Scott only has 2,100 uh, followers on YouTube and he's a candidate for president. So I guess he's raising his money elsewhere. I, I think Tim Scott would be a good pick 
for Trump uh, as a VP running mate. I thought that in, in the beginning, but I only thought that if he came out as gay, because that would be perfect. But if he's going to embrace the whole girlfriend thing, I, I, I don't know. But I would like to see them really just put him on the spot to produce that girlfriend during the debate. We can't just take his word for it anymore. We need them to call, the moderators have to call her up on the stage tomorrow and demand that she describe Tim Scott's penis. That's the only way we can know for sure. We'll have Chris Christie go over and verify for us while she's doing it. He'll give us the AOK. That's something that we know he'll be down with, but we need confirming evidence here of this girlfriend. And I hope that that's what we get from the debate tomorrow night. That's where I'm going to wrap up the show for today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.